Coming up today on the show, we're going to take a deep dive into learning more about Holton Ehlers, the Seahawks' third quarterback on their depth chart right now, fighting for that emergency quarterback spot and a spot on the practice squad. Is he the best developmental quarterback prospect the Seahawks have had during Pete Carroll and John Schneider's tenure? Well, to answer that question, I'm bringing in a special guest today, someone who knows him as well as anybody. He's covered him as a journalist in North Carolina all throughout his high school and college career. Brian North joins me next on Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast, in-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now here's your host, Dan Viennes. Really excited to welcome my guest today into the show, Brian North from WCTI in Greenville. Is it Greenville or Greenville? Yep. Or Green- uh, Greenville. <laughs> yeah, everything's a bull around here. Yes. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, and what we're going to do is uh, we're going to get to know Holton Ehlers a little bit more. And I talked about him a couple of months ago uh, when the NFL announced the new emergency quarterback rule. I talked about whether he would fit in that role. Uh, but the thing that I appreciate about you, Brian, is you've 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 gotten to know this young man pretty well over the years. You covered him all through high school, all through college. Uh, you said to me the other day, he's an easy kid to talk about. Why is that? Well, just he's just he is who he is. He's so humble. He's such a good kid. And you know, you talk high school. We knew of him back even before when he was a little league legend in Greenville hmm. and uh, a middle school star. And he's just a kid who's always been on the radar, and he's never changed. He's always been the same. He's been super humble, very approachable. Um, he's just a, a great kid. He's that guy who doesn't expect special treatment. He would sit with whoever was uh, needed to be sat with in the lunchroom when he was growing up. He's always just been a, a good, grounded kid who's always just been super nice and has never. He doesn't put on airs. I mean, that hmm. is who he is. He is just. Uh, uh, he, he's the kid you'd want your daughter to marry. That I know it's cliche, but he is that type of human being. Now, as far as the talent goes, uh, it showed up right away in high school. It played 47 games at D.H. Conley High School in Greenville. Uh, could you see as early as his, his – he played a little bit as a freshman, then as a sophomore, it looks like he was a full-time starter. Could you see that that ability right away that, that led you to believe he could at least play some college football? Yeah, we knew he, he'd have that opportunity. I thought he was going to be a professional baseball player. He set all sorts mm-hmm. of little league home run records and – was a uh, starter on the varsity of baseball his his freshman year, too. So we thought, which sport is he going to choose? And, look, he was a big kid. He was always one of those kids bigger than everybody else, and then everybody else kind of caught up to him. So, But he always had that physical ability. And younger in his career, he was just a guy that would run over you and he could throw a little bit. It was yeah. by his senior year something clicked, and all of a sudden he started throwing it around where we were like, oh, maybe he won't be a tight end. Maybe he will be a college quarterback. <laughs> And then, of course, he stayed home, and same thing at ECU, kind of a running guy early. And then uh, as he picked up the offense, the, the mental acuity picked up, he became a really good, efficient passer, especially by his, his last year. Boy, it just, you just see those moments that clicks with him, and uh, he becomes a special player. Interesting to hear you talk about how he was always a big kid because uh, what struck me when I when I watched uh, the mock game last Friday, really my first chance to put eyes on him, is at 6'3", 225, 230 as he's listed. Um, he, he carries that really well. He looks really athletic. It looks really natural, and, and certainly he's got those movement skills. I'm going to show a graphic for the people uh, – uh, watching at home, but uh, just to give you an idea how prolific he was in high school, um, over 11,000 passing yards. Interesting to hear you say that it took him a while to figure out how to be a thrower. 145 
passing touchdowns to only 28 interceptions. That's pretty impressive. Uh, And then almost 3,600 rushing yards and another 56 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Were the Tim Tebow comparisons always there? Was that an easy one for people to gravitate to? Yeah, of course. Left-handed quarterback, big kid who could run the ball. It was was there, but it People got over that in a hurry. Once you get to know Holton, he's kind of like his own guy. And look, they're they're both. I don't know Tim Tebow, but they're both great team leaders, from what you can tell. Holton's always been a guy who's always led not only by example, but he he holds guys accountable on his team. So there's a lot of Tebow-esque things, and I think Holton will tell you. I mean, it's it's not like he didn't want to be a Tim Tebow. He modeled himself after some of the things, but he always wanted to be his own guy. So the comparisons went away really quick when, when Holton kind of developed his own personality in his own unique way. But it's easy to see. And now we go through this again right in the NFL. Yeah. Just a lot of the similarities with just the way he carries himself. I think he's faster than Tebow. Uh, I think he's got a stronger arm than Tebow. And, again, I, I don't know. Tim Tebow's intellect when it comes to the game, but you talk to all of his coaches who just say his IQ for football is just through the roof once he picks up the offense. And then one last thing on the Tebow thing. When I first got a glimpse of uh, Ehlers, it was actually about halfway through the college football season last year in a Seahawks message board. Some Someone jumped in with, hey, here's a kid we should keep our eyes on. Because all throughout the season last year, until we really got an idea that Geno Smith might be a legitimate starting quarterback, there was always this thought that that the Seahawks would finish this post-Russell Wilson rebuild in some way, shape, or form by taking a quarterback in the draft. So we, we were watching a lot of the bigger names progress throughout the, the college football season. And somebody jumped in with, hey, you should look at this kid. So I watched his highlights, you know, prolific as heck, uh, touchdown after touchdown, most of them to C.J. Johnson at ECU, who the Seahawks actually signed initially and then released uh, early in the OTA season. Uh, but the, the first thing that stood out to me is similar but not as not as pronounced as Tim Tebow, thought he had a long release. It seems to have been tightened up uh, with the work he's done with the Seahawks. Has that ever been an issue in, in all your years watching him? Has that ever been a problem or something that he was he, he kind of had to battle? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was. He didn't have a, a lot of professional quarterback coaching early on. He went to uh, the Manning camp before his senior year in college, and that was big for him to learn a lot of that. Then he got hooked up with some of the quarterback gurus, and really after his uh, senior year at ECU, he started going to these – quarterback academies and they're the ones who really tightened up his his release uh strengthened his arm that was one of the questions going in was his arm strength i think he increased like 10 yards on his max throws downfield so he's worked really hard to try to become the professional quarterback another thing is he he's taken very few snaps under center and i think we saw he had he fumbled his first one the other night and so he's had to learn uh he's gone to these academies to learn how to take snaps under center so he's really tried to improve his game a lot he his senior year in college again it just clicked about the uh, first third of his senior year and he didn't throw or have a turnover after that after the Tulane game and so he just went to that other level but he's never quit working and that's always been the thing about Holton he doesn't stop working and going to these academies and these schools to shorten the release get the arm strength going take snaps under center that's the type of work ethic uh, that he wants to, to try and fulfill his dream of playing in the NFL. And again, I'll put some of these numbers up. Uh, some of the things he did at ECU in in his five years there, he got the extra COVID year, took advantage of it. Um, 55 games played there, 61% completions, 14,000 passing yards, 97 touchdowns through the air to 37 interceptions, 1,400-plus uh, rushing yards, another 25 TDs on the ground, 
passer rating of 137, seven career school records. And then he went out, played in a couple of the smaller all-star games, both the Hula Bowl and the NFLPA Bowl, and won MVP in both of those games has, has really, really stood out. We talked about the Tim Tebow comparison, but a guy that comes to mind for me, uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, is Brock Purdy. They're not physically the same at all. But the thing that made Purdy so attractive to the 49ers late in the draft and the thing that's got other teams in the NFL thinking a little bit differently after seeing the success Purdy had is experience. Purdy played 48 games or 40 games, I think, at Iowa State, 55 games in college for Holton Aylers. 47 in high school. This guy's played a ton of football. Yeah, and, and it gives good competition, you know. And yeah. so, again, with Holton, the more he plays, the better he gets. And, again, it's he's like that guy that the more reps he sees, the better he gets. And so the, the intellectual part, the game slows down for him is the easy way to say it. And when he made that big progress in his not only senior year of, of high school but his senior year in college, <clears throat> it was because the game just slowed down for him in his mind. And that was just based on all those experiences and, and all those different defenses that you saw. And, and so same thing in the NFL, if he's given the chance uh, to digest that, that NFL playbook, it, that experience will pay off for him because of his intellect. And as he's seen so much, he'll be able to, uh, to pick those things up. And then interestingly enough, now the league has the emergency quarterback rule. It kind of creates another opportunity for a, for a developmental type quarterback to be carried on the practice squad, but also be on active, sort of an active role on the roster on game day. Um, and he doesn't have to, certainly he's a kid that if he makes the roster for the Seahawks and they don't have any other quarterbacks in camp, it's Geno Smith, Drew Locke and Holton Aylers. Yep. They've tried some other kids out along the way. There's some speculation they might be looking through the waiver wire when that big cut happens this year from 90 to 53. But if given the opportunity to sit for a year or two, do you think this kid's an NFL quarterback? I think he can. I, I think he's definitely an NFL quarterback. It's a matter of how many years, and is he going to be an impactful quarterback, or is he going to be just a, a really nice backup and clipholder guy, uh, uh, clipboard guy who can make some money doing it that way? Holton has always been a guy when given the opportunity, he, he comes through. And again, being a dual threat guy, the legs help early on, but now you're getting hit by hit by bigger guys right in the NFL so uh we saw that nice run up the middle the other day the 22 yarder yeah. that's vintage Holton right there um but he has gotten better at learning to move to throw not move to run but he doesn't mind tucking that shoulder either so there, there's a guy you know uh, um you got the guy of the Saints who, who you know maybe he could be a role like that I, I think you could build packages for him definitely because of that mm-hmm. dual capabilities that he has so um yeah, I, I, I think so. I think he's right on that border. I th- a guy like Holt needs to be given a chance. He's got to be in the right place. Seattle seems like the right place with their abilities in the past and Pete Carroll's penchant for wanting to develop these these guys and his intellect and his leadership. I think if he's given that chance, I think he could have a nice possible double-digit year career. Um, now, how much of that is a starter? How much of it is quality snaps? That'll yeah. be uh, have to be proven. But I think he certainly uh, fits that bill of a guy you can depend on. I like the Taysom Hill comp uh, comp yeah. for, from you there. I th- I think when I first heard his name when that when that um, when that poster uh, mentioned him in that in that Facebook group, I think uh, Taysom Hill was a name that he brought up at the time. I, I'm sure Holton would like to earn as much as Taysom Hill has earned in his career, certainly uh, as a backup. And I'm I'm I like what you said about his ability to move 
but keep his head up and look to throw. I have a great example of that, that, that I'll put up for the people watching this too, uh, from the mock game where I've got a nice end zone view of him and the pocket breaks down a little bit. He starts to move, but he doesn't just put his head down and run. They're on the 10 yard line. Um, he, he manipulates the pocket, slides a little bit, but he's looking to throw and ends up throwing a touchdown to Griffin Hebert, a backup quarter or a backup tight end. Uh, really, really nice play that looked like a guy that's played a lot of football and, and has some instincts about him. Yep. Yeah, he loves to move. He's, he's been a guy who loves to move out of the pocket. He's a guy who obviously loves rolling left. He can yeah. roll right some, but obviously his strength is rolling left. And some of his bigger plays in college were out of the pocket, rolling left, stepping up in the pocket. You know, a lot of people were joking his touchdown throw because, you know, it was a little behind the receiver. He had to come back and get yeah, it. Yeah, right. But, but he's, you know, he reads those defenses and defenders pretty well when he rolls out and has to do those things. And so uh, when he gets pressure on him, the thing that he really improved on last year was, was reading the blitz and knowing his hot reads much better. That was one of the things that I think was an issue – in his career at ECU until this last year. And all of a sudden it just clicked one day and, and he all of a sudden was making all the right reads and uh, his coaches just gushed over when that clicked. And so same thing in the NFL, which, you know, obviously is a much uh, more complicated defenses, uh, sure. but keep an eye on him, that ability to move and buy in that time will certainly uh, be something that is his benefit if uh, given the chance. Well, and I'll say this about that touchdown. I have heard that criticism that he just kind of threw it up for grabs, but yeah. I look at it a different way. He knew he had man coverage over there. He knew yep. he knew the safety wasn't coming over to help. He knew he had no time to throw because the cop the the pocket had broken down. And he also knew that the guy running that route was a 6'4 kid, Matt Landers, who can jump out of the gym. And yep. it, it gave him a chance to get that 50-50 ball. So I don't I don't take anything away from the fact that ball was underthrown. He did the best he could. Um, Brian, I really appreciate your time, man. I love this kind of perspective. Uh, Holton has a lot of new fans out here now because of what he's done in the mock game and now in this first preseason game, and certainly he'll get other, other opportunities probably um, in these next two preseason games. Certainly the third one, uh, I would look for him to play a lot. So uh, we'll see how it progresses. It's it's kind of fun. He's the first kid that the Seahawks have really had in a, in a while that looks like a developmental quarterback, and I appreciate your insight into him. Really appreciate Brian taking time out of his busy schedule to help us learn a little bit more about Holton Ehlers. But one last little piece of trivia I'm going to leave you with. When he stepped on campus at East Carolina, Ehlers was taking over for a quarterback we know very well here in the Northwest because it was Gardner Minshew who was the starting quarterback at ECU the year before Ehlers arrived. And then Minshew, of course, transferred from there to Washington State University in 2018 where he had that one fantastic season under Mike Leach led to his NFL career. He's now presumably the starter to open the season with the Indianapolis Colts. That's going to do it for today. Hit that like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's the best way to support the show. And if you listen to the audio version, subscribe on whichever audio platform you prefer. That way you never miss out on new episodes. Later this week, we're going to bring Sanjit T, the football scout, back on the show. Last time he was on, you guys loved that episode. We did a deep dive on Mike Morris and his ceiling. We're going to flip over to the other side of the trenches. Sanjit's going to tell him what he likes, and he likes a lot, about the Seahawks' offensive line. That's going to do it for now. Follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. Until next time, forever and always, go Hawks.